Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. If you want to participate in the podcast, you can call in and leave a voicemail that we'll use on the show at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You can find this broadcast on demand on Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify as well as everywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or email me at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Right Now is broadcast each weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern Time on the Mojo 5.0 radio network on iHeartRadio. Oh, man, oh, man. So the the fallout, the media fallout from Trump's rally in Grand Rapids, Michigan last Thursday really uh, hit over the weekend with the the uh, the talking heads on the networks and at CNN and MSNBC trying to reconcile the fact that their, their hoax that they've been promoting for the last two and a half years has been thoroughly debunked. They've lost their credibility. Trump has um, been thoroughly vindicated and is uh, is basically taking a victory lap and spiking the ball in the end zone. And it's driving them crazy to watch these shows. And, and I'm not talking about just the, the lunatics over there at CNN and MSNBC. I'm also talking about uh, the Sunday news shows, including, by the way, Chris Wallace at Fox News Sunday um, are totally uh, flummoxed on how to deal with this. And it appears the strategy they've settled on is to blame it all on Trump. It's Trump's fault that we lost our minds over this and, um, and, and have been deceiving our viewers all of this time and that our credibility is a uh, at a record low. So I want to start this segment just by uh, revisiting that epic campaign rally that is going to be the template for Trump's re-election campaign in 2020. And, uh, and then I'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at some of these responses that uh, we saw on the Sunday news shows. So here's Trump in Grand Rapids, Michigan last Thursday. And after three years of lies and smears and slander, the Russia hoax is finally dead. The collusion delusion is over. The special counsel completed its report and found no collusion and no obstruction. I could have told you that two and a half years ago very easily. Total exoneration, complete vindication. You know, it's interesting. Robert Mueller 
was a god to the Democrats, was a god to them until he said there was no collusion. They don't like him so much right now. No, they do not like him so much right now. And he is um, he 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 is uh, gone from sugar to shit in their eyes. Uh, he was the great savior, the the mooler. Sort sort of reminded you of those uh, those uh, natives uh, that used to worship the cargo planes that uh, they didn't understand everything uh, about them, but they knew that they delivered. You know these. If you're not familiar with the cargo plane worshippers, they were in the um, jungles of Borneo during World War II, and the cargo planes would come over and drop pallets of supplies uh, intended for uh, American soldiers, but they would often drop in areas where the where the natives would find them, the pygmies and such. And a whole religion sprang up around the worship of the cargo planes that were delivering this manna from heaven, and that's what the mainstream media and uh, and the opposition media that that is the level of devotion that they had invested in Robert Mueller that was going to relieve them of this this heathen that had captured the presidency from their their anointed one Hillary uh, and now that they're to watch these shows is truly just a descent into madness. And now that uh, Trump is spiking the ball all over them, they they really are at a loss. And the only thing that they've come up with is to blame it on him. The crazy attempt by the Democrat Party and the fake news media right back there. And the deep state to overturn the results of the 2016 election have failed. The Russia witch hunt was a plan by those who lost the election to try and illegally regain power by framing innocent Americans, many of them. They suffered with an elaborate hoax. It is an elaborate hoax that the media just entirely, you know, I, I started to say they bought into, but, you know, I don't believe for a second that these talking heads of the networks and on the uh, left-wing cable channels actually believe this. There was so much evidence to the contrary. Just the very fact that the dossier on which all of this was based was written as an opposition research document, you would have thought would have set off their skepticism. But they were so invested in pursuing this agenda that they were willing to not only sell it to everybody else, but internalize it and at some point come to accept it as gospel. Air fraud has been exposed, and the credibility of those who push this hoax is forever broken, and they've now got big problems. And this group of major losers did not just ruthlessly attack me, my family, and everyone who questioned their lies. They tried to divide our country, to poison the national debate, and to tear up the fabric of our great democracy, the greatest anywhere in the world. And that's what they they succeeded in doing. They have polarized this nation so bad. Now, I know Donald Trump is a polarizing figure. There's no doubt about that. But the media's job is to be objective, to report the truth, 
not to buy into all of the Democrat National Committee's talking points and, you know, basically become lying politicians themselves. They're left with the fallout. They don't know how to deal with it. To watch them on the Sunday news shows and the cable uh, TV stations is uh, it's satisfying because you knew that one day this would come where they would have to uh, reconcile their lies with reality. But as I say, their new strategy now is we're going to blame it all on Trump. They did it all because they refused to accept the results of one of the greatest presidential elections, probably number one in our history. Little pencil neck Adam Schiff. Okay, I'm going kind of out of order here, but we do need to, at some point in this uh, episode, address Adam Schiff. This guy is now the head of the House Intelligence Committee for the Democrats. He's the chairman of that committee. There's no way he ought to be allowed to keep his security clearance. He he has been exposed as having uh, been one of the leakers to the media of classified information during all of this. He's been exposed as totally uh, cynical in claiming that he saw evidence that um, Robert Mueller would expose that there was, in fact, a conspiracy between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin to steal the election from the anointed one. And now he has has been exposed as a liar and a deceiver and a cynical um, manipulator of the electorate. And yet he sits there as chair of the Intelligence Committee for the House of Representatives. That cannot be allowed to stand. I don't give a damn what... Nancy Pelosi says about how he's so respected. I don't know of anybody that respects him on either side of the aisle. They know that he is a a smarmy liar who has leaked classified information to the media. This was the same guy that was insisting that Devin Nunes stepped down because he informed the White House that they had been spied on during the election campaign. This cannot be allowed to stand. This guy cannot continue to serve on this committee. And if he does, uh, this administration needs to stop sharing classified information with that committee because the chair has shown himself not to be able to be trusted. But I love Trump calling him out as a pencil neck geek because that's exactly what he is. In our history, little pencil neck Adam Schiff. got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. He is not a long ball hitter. (laughs) But I saw him today. Well, we don't really know. Uh, There could still have been some Russia collusion. (laughs) Sick, sick. These are sick people. Jerry Nadler, I've been fighting him. For many years, he was the congressman from Manhattan. I built great things. He's talking about Nadler now. Nadler's uh, House Oversight Committee. No, it's not oversight. He's a judiciary. Has subpoenaed 
uh, the accounting firms that represent the Trump organization, they want every scrap of paper to do with the Trump organization in these people's possessions. And this, you got to keep in mind, this was years and decades prior to Trump ever running for office. They have no right. They have no justification to get any of this. This is police state totalitarian tactics. If we disagree with you politically, we're going to put your whole life under a microscope and we're going to try to find something, anything to bring you down. And now we've got Jerry Nadler refusing to accept the determination of Mueller that there was no collusion. And he's going to try to dig into the Trump organization, a sprawling multi-billion dollar enterprise, and find some I that wasn't dotted or T that wasn't crossed to try to feed to the uh, Southern District of New York to prosecute the president. Um, For many years, he was the congressman from Manhattan. I built great things in Manhattan. I had to beat him many, many times. Now I come here, I have to beat him again. Can you believe it? I want every record in the history of the Trump organization. Every single sheet of paper. And what do you have to justify? Nothing. It doesn't matter. We'll find something somewhere along the line. A mistake must have been made. These people are sick. A fake, dirty dossier. Millions and millions of dollars paid for it. By who? Crooked Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and the Democrat Party. Think of it. So this is going to be the the overarching themes of Democrat Party corruption and how willing they are to abuse the electorate in this country and pervert the political process in their um, obsession, their mad compulsion to try to regain power. And... Um, and that and health care are going to be the issues for 2020. The, the Democrats think they've got an issue in health care because it feeds into their narrative that, oh, people are going to die if we don't do something. We're going to get to that later in the program. But I, I want to stay with this theme of the Democrats and their talking heads in the opposition media trying to come to terms with this. And, and their latest um, take on this is that it's all, all Trump's fault. Trump made us do it. Here's Chuck Todd on his uh, his weekly show on NBC. He's sitting down with a um, Republican senator from Wyoming, Senator, uh, uh, I think it's Tom Barrasso. And, uh, and watch how, how Todd tries to blame this all on the president. The special counsel did not, did not find a crime when it comes to conspiracy. There is a counterintelligence investigation. This is what we know from it. And I'm curious if you think the president is exonerated from all of these things, allegedly asking Comey for loyalty, allegedly telling Comey that he hoped he could let Flynn go, telling the... Allegedly, you notice he says allegedly, because this is what uh, James Comey said happened. Now, he's Chuck Todd still uh, hanging his hat on, on stories that James Comey spun when he was trying to um, relieve himself of accountability for the deep state surveillance of the opposing party presidential candidate. But Chuck Todd still believes James Comey, never mind the fact that he's been thoroughly discredited. He's still trying to hang his hat on on these uh, allegations. 
The Russian ambassador in the Oval Office that he got this Comey thing out of the way. The public asking for help. The president's behavior, while he's technically exonerated from a crime, is he exonerated from his behavior as a president? Oh, he's technically exonerated. He he technically didn't violate any laws, but isn't it his behavior that's been making us act so deranged these last two and a half years? Every president is judged on many things. Behavior is part of that. The electorate will be asked to make that judgment in 2020, and we'll see how they decide. But do you, do, what do you think on this? Yeah, uh, I think that the president has been clear with the American people. He has been, I believe, falsely accused for the last two years, and Mueller has proven the fact that there was no collusion. Do you think he was falsely accused because some of his behavior led people to believe there was something more there? No. You nincompoop, he was falsely accused because of the the um, the dossier. And the dossier was opposition research that was brought into the government and used to justify a spying campaign uh, uh, operation against his campaign. And the mainstream media has never come to terms with that. It was obvious bullshit from the beginning. Russia hoax proves more than ever that we need to finish exactly what we came here to do. Drain the swamp. The Democrats have to now decide whether they will continue defrauding the public with ridiculous bullshit. Ridiculous bullshit. And it's not just the Democrats. It's these uh, these talking heads in the media that are basically the the public relations arm of the dishonest Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party is so invested now in in being the party of hoaxes. They're the party of uh, Chicken Little. The sky is falling. They they've determined that the stakes are so great that that they're not going to confine themselves to the truth. They will do whatever they feel like is necessary to scare the bejesus out of people, defraud them in order to try to excise Trump from the body politic. Brian Stetler was on with, uh, Susan Glasser. She's a writer for New Yorker magazine. And, uh, and he made the case that, uh, Oh, yes, uh, you know, we may have uh, been wrong about everything to do with Russia collusion, but it's not our fault. It's Trump's fault. He, he fills in as a Fox News PR person. He really does. He also credited the network's ratings, which, which have been quite high ever since the bar letter came out. We can put the Washington Post headline up on screen uh, about the TV ratings being one barometer for, for Trump's success. Uh, do you think with these anti-media, anti-journalism messages coming out of Fox's primetime lineup every day to three to five million people, is it doing damage uh, uh, to the press's credibility? 
No question. If you just, uh, it's very graphic. Uh, you look at the numbers of the press's institutional credibility. It has gone down dramatically. By the way, this is a trend that predates Donald Trump. Uh, as with many of the ongoing uh, sort of political disruptions uh, in our national life, Trump is an amplifier uh, and an accelerator of those trends rather than an originator of them. I think that's true for the attacks on the media as well. And by the way, Trump just likes to find things that work for him. He said something very revealing the other day along this lines. He said, you know, mm. they like it when you attack the press. Uh, and so, you know, is he doing it because it works for him politically or because it's something he really believes? Uh, who knows? But Maybe he's attacking the press because the press has been so dishonest and has tried to stymie his agenda based on lies and, and deception. And Stetler, classic, oh, it's not our fault that we lied to you. It's Trump. Trump made us lie to you because he's so over the top. You know, we do know that Donald Trump is somebody who likes and needs an enemy. And from the very beginning of his administration, that's been a tactic. So there was nobody, yeah. right, who was surprised that his response to the the Mueller findings, as reported by Barr this week, uh, that he was going to attack the media. There was nobody. Right. What unfortunately means they're conflating, uh, you know, lots of uh, terrific reporting out there by the Washington Post, the New York Times and other news outlets. Terrific reporting by the Washington Post and the New York Times. Probably the greatest journalistic fail in the history of our country. You recall that multi-page expose that the Washington Post ran with uh, graphics that were printed in red with a red background and ominous. Uh, it, it was really their tour de force to try to use this Russia hoax in order to force Trump to step down. I think it was like 30,000 words went on and on uh, spinning this this fiction that Trump was somehow a stooge of Vladimir Putin. They got a, a Pulitzer Prize for that, and the New York Times also received Pulitzer Prizes for their dishonest coverage. How do you receive a Pulitzer Prize for something that was so obviously a lie? But Stetler says, oh, it's 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 Trump's fault that our credibility is shot uh, with every kind of statement and characterization and speculation surrounding the investigation as well. And that is very bad news, I think, for right, the conflating media. investigative journalists with idiot resistance tweeters is a time honored tactic of the president's media allies. It's cynical. Uh it's ridiculous, but it's but it's effective for them. Conflating investigative journalists. Well, first of all, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, came out last week and said, we don't investigate. And they certainly don't investigate. They just uh, swallow the talking points from the DNC whole and, and republish them. They're a public relations arm. But uh, then he, he claims that... Um, it's just Twitter trolls. It, it's not our uh, solid reporting on this. I guess he forgets that CNN had to fire three of its reporters over threat of a multi-billion dollar lawsuit because of the uh, bogus Russia allegations that they had made against uh, Anthony Scaramucci. You know, CNN is really a hoax network. They uh, the, the, they bought into this Black Lives Matter hoax, 
and basically were responsible for major portions of Ferguson, Missouri being burned to the ground. They were one of the early adopters of the hoax that uh, smeared the Covington Catholic school kids. Had people going on their air, both of their networks, uh, Headline News and the main CNN, saying that these kids, you know, had uh, attacked and ridiculed a, a poor tribal elder Vietnam veteran, both of which is which are lies. Yes, he is an elder Indian, but he is not an Indian elder in the the sense that he is not part of their governing body. And of course, he was never in Vietnam. They didn't even bother to do the, their most basic journalistic due diligence. CNN is not a news organization. It's a joke. And not only are they going to blame their Russia coverage on Trump, now they're pivoting to they're going to blame the health care disaster in this country on Trump as well. They're not going to blame it on Obama, who put in a program uh, with sky-high premiums and deductibles so high that you never can make any use of the policy. They're going to blame that on Trump, too, because he's the one trying to fix it. They're going to blame the border. They already are blaming the border crisis on Trump again. Only one trying to fix it. So anything Trump does to try to deliver on his agenda is going to be blamed on causing these problems. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to have an interview with Brian Colfage from Build the Wall. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back right now with Jim Dawes. The front runner for the Democrat nomination in 2020 is Joe Biden, crazy Uncle Joe Biden. And it raises the question of whether or not the um, the current left wing that controls uh, the politics in the Democrat Party is not only out of touch with most middle Americans who have long ago fled to the Republican Party, but whether or not they're, in fact, out of touch with their own voters. I think Biden's enjoying about a 29% um, polling um, 
favored. Uh, he, he's got 29% of the um, respondents in the polls right now, which is triple uh, almost of what uh, any of the other candidates uh, have, including Crazy Bernie. So we've got uh, Crazy Uncle Joe and Crazy Bernie leading the pack for the Democrat Party, both representing two uh, distinct wings of the Democrat Party. Joe Biden, for all his um, faults, is sort of an old-style Democrat to more pra- uh, more pragmatic and uh, and sort of in the mold of an old-style liberal, certainly out of step uh, with the current ideology, um, cult Marxist ideology of the Democrat Party. And it's uh, becoming very clear that uh, the cult Marxists do not plan on allowing Joe Biden to uh, to get the nomination. Uh, he's, he's scheduled to announce next week. And ahead of that, we've seen attacks uh, come at Joe Biden that you normally would have seen coming from a Republican uh, opponent uh, as they, they try to undermine uh, Joe Biden's candidacy, strangle it in the cradle. And, uh, and they're doing quite successful at that because Joe Biden has a long and storied career. And um, not only does he take every opportunity to stick his foot in his mouth, as he did the other day when he uh, basically apologized for being a white man. What do you, what do you think that that would do with uh, Joe Biden's working class um, supporters in the old style Democrats? But... Um, Oh, Joe has also got a long library of uh, videotapes of him uh, handling, touching, some cases fondling uh, women and girls, including little girls, uh, in the most inappropriate ways. And since none of those, uh, uh, the people that have suffered that on video actually came out, uh, a, a woman named Lucy Flores, who is a Democrat and uh, a Trump, I, I mean, pardon me, a, uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter has come out uh, to, uh, to stick the knife in. And she says that when Joe Biden was campaigning for her, um, back in 2014, now he was still vice president of the United States, that Joe Biden touched her and kissed her and sniffed her hair inappropriately. And this is perfectly believable because we've got literally scores of videotapes of him doing this to other women. He comes up behind them and stands entirely too close to their backside and nuzzles their neck and their ears and puts his hands on their waist and shoulders and in some cases um, brushes up against, you know, their private parts. So Lucy Flores has stuck the knife in uh, even before Joe Biden got to the starting line. And I think this uh, pretty much... I'm not sure if Joe Biden is going to declare at this moment because it's clear where all of this is going. He is not going to be able to survive the uh, the campaign commercials. They're going to show all the instances of this inappropriate behavior. And this is, you know, they're trying to declare this is a me too moment. That what used to be as accept, uh, acceptable is just no longer acceptable. Well, I got news for you over there at the me too movement. 
This kind of behavior was never acceptable. Most of the people that Biden touched in in these inappropriate ways didn't even know Joe Biden. And old Mika Przinsky over at, uh, you know, Crazy Morning Joe, she tries to make, oh, well, it's just Joe being Joe. He's just affectionate and flirtatious. Here's here's Mika um, defending Crazy Joe Biden. A lot of things I know about Joe Biden. I've known him for a long time. He is extremely affectionate, extremely flirtatious in a completely safe way. Um, I am sure that somebody can misconstrue something he's done. But as much as I can know what's in anyone's heart, I I don't think that there's a, a bad intent on his part at all. And I read the account, and I was like, yeah, that's Joe Biden, um, but never thought for a second that he meant anything from it except to be be nice. To be- he was just being nice by holding his body up against the backside of a woman and, and uh, putting his, his face in, in their hair and nuzzling them. And in this case, uh, uh, Flores said she gave he gave her a big old kiss on the backside of her head, hair, head. Joe Biden didn't know this woman for, from Adam. This sort of behavior would never be acceptable. I, I saw one photograph of Joe Biden sitting at a, a diner, and he's pulling this act on uh, one of the, the wife of one of the customers there. And this guy's, you know, a burly biker type. And you could tell he was looking at Joe Biden as if to say, if you didn't have the Secret Service squad protecting you and you weren't the vice president of the United States, I'd knock you out. And any any man who um, who had, you know, a wife or a daughter or even a sister treated like this by a total stranger. And Joe Biden was definitely just playing on his his um, status to get away with this stuff would um would take offense and uh, demand that it be stopped here's uh here's that one lucy flores telling you exactly what happened at this campaign event back in 2014 vice president biden was behind me i was just kind of preparing myself to address the hundreds of people in the crowd and kind of make my final case for myself for this election and other democrats and it just it was just so sudden and and unaware and it just came from nowhere um i felt these hands on my shoulders and i'm thinking okay that's odd and the vice president of the united states is touching me um but you know nothing i guess too out of the ordinary but then i felt him get closer he leaned in and was like right behind me on my body and he leans down smells my hair and then plants this big long kiss on the top of my head and it it just happened so suddenly i I really didn't even know how to respond well i can tell you how you should have responded you should have turned around and said what are you doing you creep but you can't do that when this is the vice president of the united states and that's why he's gotten away with it for well he's gotten away with it for a long time he was a senator pretty much his whole adult life but he's done this with uh women and little girls and it is all over the internet. And the question being asked now is whether or not he can, in fact, survive this and the other many, many gaffes that he has made over the years, sticking his foot in his mouth. I don't believe he can. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, torpedo his candidacy because I think Trump would uh, would handle him quite easily, given all the ammunition he would have to use against him. 
But um, I, I got to admit, I, I, I guess I'd rather run against uh, Beto O'Rourke or any of the other uh, Democrat candidates than Joe Biden, who actually has some name recognition and, and, and a, uh, a record uh, that is not, you know, advocating uh, full-blown socialism. Here is Chris Wallace with a panel on uh, Fox News Sunday talking about uh, Joe, uh, uh, Uncle Joe's prospects. Finished, you know. All Does that. anybody at this table think that Joe Biden won't get into the race? I think there's a chance. I mean, okay. we I think there's a chance he doesn't get in. I mean, Joe Biden has this operation around him right now that is completely set up, waiting for him to turn to them and say, I'm ready. And he hasn't said that yet. And he's been pushing this deadline back and back and back. We're now talking possibly late April is the is the new time frame that some people around him are using. And Joe Biden knows better than anybody what this would entail. You know, what is the thing that he is going to learn over the next couple of weeks that will push him over the finish line? I think the longer that this goes on, yeah, it leaves open the possibility that he doesn't do this ultimately. Josh? He might be at the point of no return. I think the draft Biden movement has gotten big enough where it's going to be very, very difficult for him to walk that back. But I, you know, to the point that Guy made earlier, I think that's honestly a mistake. I don't think that he can compete in this primary electorate. Well, if he doesn't get in, it will be a real watershed in the history of the Democratic Party because it will be the end of that whole generation of leaders. And they'll be moving into sort of an unknown new new land with... Well, I got news for you. Uh, that that generation, that uh, that period in the Democrat Party is already over with. Ba- Joe Biden may not know it yet, and I have no doubt that he would probably win the, the nomination just based on his name recognition. But um, the left-wing voters would stay home in droves. I say I have no doubt he'd win. He may, he probably would. You know, he may not win. There may be enough of these left-wing um, cult Marxists voting in the primaries that he would uh, he would be defeated and uh, and that would be the third time that Joe Biden would be would have been defeated for the presidency and really cement his legacy as a loser this whole bunch of newcomers ideologically very different diverse from one another and it will be a real free-for-all you still got Bernie Sanders who's what 77 years old so and and Elizabeth Warren 69 so it's not completely a generational shift yet guy but a different kind of Democrat I mean there's a world of difference between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders who isn't even really technically a Democrat he's kind of a socialist and I, I don't think Charles that Biden is done or finished. I just think we've gotten a taste in the last few weeks of what's coming his way if he gets in. And he might be sitting there thinking, do I want to put myself through this? And and you got to figure, yes, he'd love to be president. Does he want to run for president a third time and lose for a third time? And be defeated for a third time. That's my question. Have you got the stomach for uh, what's coming at you? Because this is not your grandfather's Democrat Party. Uh, oh, uh, Jonathan Capehart was over there on MSNBC's uh, Joy Reid show, uh, who who basically um, speaks for uh, today's modern identity politics, cultural Marxist Democrat Party. But I don't know if this is going to be good enough. The Democratic Party today is a completely different party um, than when he ran the first and second time for for president. And, you know, the other thing here is, and I'm glad you brought up the pushing out of Senator Franken. I don't know if the Democratic Party even has the patience anymore to entertain someone like Vice President Biden who has these accusations against him running for president. 
Oh, God, please, please let the Democrat nominee be Joe Biden. Could you imagine the yeah, Joe, Joe Biden is a one man gaffe machine and he's he he likes to make smart aleck remarks, too. I think at one point he had, he'd said that he would have beaten Trump up in high school. Donald Trump will make mincemeat of this guy. And uh, it it would be quite entertaining to watch, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, they've they've branded Joe Biden as creepy Uncle Joe at this point, and he most certainly has been creepy with his hands for for many many years now. Well, it looks like some of the most more sensible members of the Democrat Party are trying to pivot away from the Russia collusion hoax. And focus on uh, the issue that more than any other allowed them to retake the majority in the House of Representatives in the 2018 midterm elections, and that is health care. People are wildly dissatisfied with uh, the state of health care in this country. And ironically enough, it's not because anybody's threatening to take away Obamacare. It's, it's because of Obamacare. Obamacare is an absolute abomination. People have been leaving it in droves um, ever since, you know, that original uh, spike. And now that there's no longer an empl- uh, a, uh, a mandate that people have it, uh, they've been fleeing the pro- uh, program by the millions. So um, I think it was back in January they announced that there was 12.2 million had enrolled in Obamacare, and it's down under 10 million at this point. And of course, they quit if they if they didn't have to. First of all, once you looked at the the uh, program with the, with uh, premiums anywhere from 14 to thousand dollars for an individual to 25 thousand dollars a year for a family and then you you top that off with deductibles that are as high as seven thousand dollars and it just doesn't make a damn bit of sense the reason the premiums and the deductibles are so high is because they've got people uh, paying for health insurance for others with pre-existing conditions and and uh, who can't uh, afford to pay their own premiums so not only is this an insurance program, which healthcare insurance was designed to be, obviously, it's become a, uh, a premium financed welfare program where you're no longer responsible for providing health care for your own family who may have taken care of their health. But now you've got to take care of the indigent and those with pre-existing condition that government was helping out through Medicaid. And this, make no mistake uh, about it, Obamacare is, now that the employer mandate has been um, taken away, I keep saying employer mandate, the, uh, the premium mandate has been taken away, then uh, Judge Roberts' ruling that this is somehow a tax can no, no longer stand, and this will be declared unconstitutional, the whole Obamacare scheme. And that's where we're headed. It's got the rest of the... Republican Party running for the hills, which, you know, that's what they do best. And Trump, for, you know, to his credit, is standing, stepping forward and saying, we are going to solve this problem. 
And the Democrats' response, as per usual, is to try to um, gin up as much fear and loathing around the issue as they possibly can. And, uh, and you know, they go right back to their old uh, old talking point that, uh, well, here, I'll let, I'll, cra- I'll let Crazy Bernie tell you it himself. The issue of health care. Uh, the president this week said he wants the courts to strike down Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Um, but to be fair, Senator, you want to replace Obamacare, too. You want to replace it with Medicare for all, this government-run, government-financed program. So if the courts strike right. down the ACA, does that ultimately help you? No. No. Look, uh, yes, Trump has an idea on health care. His idea is to throw 32 million Americans off of the health insurance they have, doing away with insurance for kids who are 26 years of age or younger who are on their parents' plans, doing away with the protections that the ACA has for pre-existing conditions, Margaret. That means if you have cancer, you have heart disease, you have diabetes. If Trump gets his way, the cost of health insurance for you will be so high that many people literally will not be able to afford it Thousands of people will literally die. I got news for you, Bernie. People can't afford this program. For a family of four, you're going to pay about $20,000 a year in premiums. And then on top of that, you've got to pay another $7,000 at minimum in deductibles. You're never going to be able to use that program. That's why people have been dropping out of it in droves. So if people are going to die then, they're certainly dying right now because of Obamacare. That's Trump's health insurance plan. My plan's just a little bit different. I think we should join the rest of the industrialized world, guarantee health care to all people as a right. Guarantee health care as a right. This man doesn't understand uh, the definition of God-given rights. God-given rights are something that somebody cannot take away from you because it was given to you by God. You can't have a right that relies on other people paying for that right. It doesn't work. That's why you see countries like Venezuela and Cuba, because you can't have a right to other people's money. But this Obamacare uh, fiasco has been an absolute disaster. $27,000 before you can ever use your insurance, and you have to pay that every year. If you went, you know, four or five years without being able to uh, satisfy your deductibles, you'd have eighty, dollars $100,000 in this program. Hell, you could self-insure cheaper than that. You can buy a, a catastrophic policy for a mere fraction of this and just pay the rest of your health and in, uh, health insurance costs out of your pocket. I think I read over at the daily wire that it would be cheaper to buy a new house that you will never move into than to buy Obamacare that you can never use. And we're seeing now that the, the collapse of this whole program is on the horizon. Republicans better get off the sidelines and come up with a market-based solution. I think it's just to go back to the old way of insuring people and let those that are unable to to pay for their own health care or 
um, or have pre-existing conditions to go on Medicaid. That's the way it worked. It was far superior to what it is now. And they're trying to convince you that what we've got now was better than before. It's, it's a damn lie. Ocasio-Cortez is an interesting case study. She is absolutely for Obamacare, and yet, before she became a congresswoman and was eligible for their, their uh, gold-plated health coverage, she didn't participate in Obamacare. She couldn't afford to. Of course she couldn't. But now she's up there fighting tooth and nail for a, um, a disastrous program that is never going to be- benefit anybody that was in the condition that she was. Here, is, here she is at a recent congressional hearing. One year ago, I was waitressing in a taco shop in downtown Manhattan. I just got health insurance for the first time a month ago. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. People are dying. They are dying. People are dying. They are dying. This is what they always go to. People are dying. This is her answer. You know, anybody, anytime somebody challenges her on the facts surrounding um, global warming, she just bypasses everything. People are dying. Issue. People are dying. People are dying. They are dying. They are dying. are dying. They are dying. When they when they start saying people are dying and people are going to die, you know that they've run out of arguments. Here's a interesting clip. It's one of these internet memes that uh, perfectly illustrates this issue. These cuts are blood money. There you go with oh uh, Pocahontas. She's predicting people are going to die, too. These cuts are blood money. People will die. Let's be very clear. Senate Republicans are paying for tax cuts for the wealthy with American lives. People need kidneys. It's sad but decreed. Yet the senator's hoarding one more than she needs. I offer this bill and I hope you'll vote aye. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. Traffic deaths have many crying with fear. Over 30,000 people are dying each year. This modest change, I propose, must be applied. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. Alcohol deaths are exceeding comparisons. Black people, white people, Native Americans. We need to ban alcohol. It can't be denied. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. Murders are bad. They have no defenders. Yet many are committed by repeat offenders. I say lifetime in prison, whatever the crime. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. I don't have a bill or a groan to detail. I just need a short clip for my donor email. Tim, there's blood on your hands. You want people to die. That good? Cool. Tim, dinner at five? Yeah. The car deaths I mentioned are terrible stuff. Doesn't seem one seatbelt is ever enough. You must vote for my act so that fewer will cry. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. And carbs, the container, we cannot ignore. Whipped cream's killing more people than ever before. This bill would be passed and be ratified if those people that didn't want people to die. Why not weigh all the costs, the effects, the results? Empathize with each other as if we were adults. Use our brains to craft arguments, not vilify. See that freedom's a traitor. You want people to die! I tried. <laughs> That is dead on. That is the go-to accusation from the Democrats. You just want people to die. 
No, we want a health care uh, insurance that's affordable based on market forces that keep costs down. We're trying to keep the same thing that happened to college tuition from happening to health care. Or actually, we're trying to turn back the clock. When government got involved in financing higher education, the, the cost went through the roof. The same thing has happened now with health care. And it would be bad enough if you paid all this money and got good health care, but uh, people are paying through the nose and not even being able to use any of it. It's going to be the number one issue in the upcoming election. The, uh, the Republican Party better get off the sidelines and come up and start proposing some solutions instead of just leaving it to Trump to try to fix all of our nation's ills. And speaking of our nation's ills, we're going to cover this more on tomorrow's show, but Obviously, the border is an absolute meltdown. That's another thing. They're, they're, they're moving to try to blame Trump for the crisis on the border after weeks and weeks of saying that Trump is manufacturing a crisis on the border that doesn't actually exist. They can no longer deny that the crisis exists, and they're trying to instead blame it on Trump. That uh, loathsome representative Luis Gutierrez of Illinois He came up with a solution for all of that. He called on mayors of major U.S. cities to open welcoming centers for migrant caravans. Just send them here. We'll have our taxpayers take care of them. He was appearing on uh, CNN. He's now a, a policy advisor for the National Partnership for New Americans. And he says that, uh, I would say to the mayor of my own city, Chicago, that is, Rahm Emanuel, instead of hitting yourself on the chest every day about Jesse Smollett, invite them to Chicago, talking about the migrants. There should be welcoming centers all across America for these refugees, for these asylum seekers, to find a home in America. That's what happened. That's what people, uh, what I believe people should be doing right now. They're trying, quite literally, uh, to move as much of Central and South America to the United States as they can possibly get in. And you know what will be the result right after that? America will become another California writ large. And that's, uh, that's their, their, uh, their goal, and they've almost succeeded that. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to have a special guest on, Brian Colfage of We Build the Wall. going to be in the second half hour of the uh, program. And he's going to talk about how his organization is cutting through all of the government red tape and actually prepared to break ground this month. They've raised $24 million, and they're going to start building the wall on privately owned property along the border. I hope you'll join us for that program. Well, that takes us to the end of another edition of America First Radio. Right now with Jim Dawes, I meant to say. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5.0 Talk Radio Network. We'll see you then.
I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.